Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Here's your host, Alex Garrett. How are you feeling this Thursday morning? I was actually supposed to have an interview uh, this hour, but I kind of messed up the times. So, I'll be interviewing him in the 9 a.m. hour, and while you're enjoying Radio Hope at 9, tune back here. I'll release about 10 a.m. for that interview with David Saltzman, who I mentioned is running this GoFundMe for sportscasters out of work. It's very, very generous of him. It's very cool. He's also inspired others around the country to take care of the sportscasters, and so I, I can't wait to um, talk with him about it and release the interview. But I wanted to first give you some inspiration from Mr. Ernest Holmes. And uh, Ernest Holmes is a very wise being, or was a very wise being. But in one of the pages of his book, It's Up to You, he says, When you get up in the morning, think, I am doing this thing and doing it with joy. This will really produce efficiency. Here, as everywhere else, know that you are in silent partnership with God. Try to feel that. You meet God in the office, in the home, on the street, and in people everywhere. So thank you, Ernest Holmes, for your writing, for your inspiration. I think my mom even turned me on to that, to his philosophy. So thank you to her for inspiring me to read Ernest Holmes. I still have his book in the on the shelves around here. And um, so thank you, Ernest Holmes, for that. And it's true. I mean, someone said, I want, I want, um, I'm looking for inspiration. And I knew I had this passage somewhere on the board, right? I knew I had it somewhere. I couldn't find it. And then all of a sudden, peeking out behind another whiteboard was the passage itself. I said, this is meant to be. I'm supposed to find this thing today. Find this quote. Be motivated. It's Thursday. It's an, almost the end of another week of quarantine, by the way. And while we miss Yankee Stadium, today is also the 11th year, 11th birthday, if you will, of Yankee Stadium. It officially opened on April 16th. I know they did exhibition games, but this was 11 years ago, the first season in the new stadium. I 2009. And of course, we all know what happened that year. In 09, the Yanks won the World Series. It didn't look too good starting out, but then boom. He, he, uh, Girard, um, Girardi righted the ship. I truly believe it was that May ejection in Atlanta that got him to right the ship, and the Yankees coast went on from there to win some amazing walk-offs, to win, to see David Robertson shut down the Twins in the division series with the bases loaded. Nobody out. Got out of that jam. To see A-Rod and Teixeira will the way of the Yankees into the ALCS. And uh, it just was one amazing series after another, culminating with the Yankees winning in 2009. So, there's your bit of trivia. I'll see if my guest today, David, remembers that. Uh, after all, he's doing this for sportscasters. And I'm sure he uh, 
he remembers darn well what happened uh, 11 years ago today. But for New Yorkers, missing baseball is truly a wound right now. And it's actually been on the lips of Bill de Blasio and Donald Trump and uh, others saying, we want baseball. We want fans in Yankee Stadium. Or if we don't have fans, at least put the games on with no fans, uh, but have something to watch on TV. It's going to be a very complicated process when President Trump releases updated guidelines today. And I wrote about states' rights because I was so it so moved me how the seven states are working together to um to open up slowly, opening the economic valve, as Andrew Cuomo says. By the way, we're gonna have Mike Myers on in just a minute, but I wanted you to hear this humor from another man who has one leg. Actually, uh, his name is Josh Sundquist. And I had made a comment uh, because it was so funny, and I, I thought, wait a minute, I didn't play this for you yet. So I'm going to play you one of his latest videos, which had myself and I'm sure many others in stitches. Uh, take a listen to Josh Sunquist's, uh interesting email from his mother on Zoom family meetings. stand on one leg the longest they're like mom seriously like did you forget that i have a 25 year head start on the rest of you like have we been socially distanced for so long that you didn't remember like have we been doing so many waist up video chats that you forgot what i look like from the waist down i mean don't get me wrong i'd love to do this competition in fact like i hope there's a, a monetary prize like let's bet on it like i will bet my rolls of toilet paper uh, that I can balance on one leg longer than everyone else in my family. So this morning, my I mean, how cool is he? This is the guy who, uh, with one leg, dresses up as IHOP. I had IHOP as a nickname in high school. This is a guy that uh, just has done so much stuff to show people, and he does stand-up comedy too, which is very cool, um, to show people that it's it's fine. To have one leg. I'm working through it. I'm making the best of it. He dresses up in costumes. I rollerblade. And together, I, in our own ways, I guess, we're, we're showing people that we're not stoppable. Now, does that mean we're going to go out and be stupid and go to, to places when we're all in quarantine? No. Obviously, he's home. I'm home. But the idea of showing that we can do it. It's something I think we have in common. And he actually said to me in a comment, oh, it looks like you'd be good at this challenge too. And I was like, Josh Sunkfist, someone who I follow and I kind of admire from afar because of his ability to, 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 to make people laugh, to have amazing stories and be willing to tell those stories. Um, comment on my comment. It was very interesting. So hopefully I get him on the podcast soon. Speaking it into existence, speaking it into existence. One day it'll happen. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. And, of course, thank God I, I was able to get up this morning with really no problem, unlike Tuesday, so second day in a row where I've had a problem-free wake-up. Thank you, God. And if I, if I have to remind you, 
here's what the Lord said to his disciples. I've been kind of running on this the last couple weeks. And here's what he said in Luke 22. He said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, how nor about your body, what you will put on. And now is not the time to be anxious. But now also is the time to believe that everything you're doing in this quarantine is doing it in partnership with God. That you are following what God wants right now for the bigger plan. We don't know what the bigger plan is. I mean, we in the Bible we do, but in real life, in life, the practicality of it, we're not sure how it's going to play out. But we do know there's a bigger plan for him for this earth, one way or another. I'm going to call my buddy Mike Myers up in just a minute, but... um. Yeah, so CDC guidelines could be changing today. And that's a huge thing. And also, I was thinking about another story because, you know, the stimulus checks have been coming into bank accounts left and right. Now the Post is reporting some bank accounts have been actually getting the the thing this check and it shouldn't have. Like, wrong bank accounts are getting it, apparently. But, Seventeen bodies at New Jersey nursing home have been found hit by COVID-19. That's crazy. Um, I gotta find this article because it was so interesting. It, it basically said that those who owe debt will actually have the money taken out by the debt collectors. I think either by the debt collectors, the twelve hundred, and I'm on the fence about that. I don't want the government to reach into my pocketbook, so to speak. But I also think that everybody complains about the loans and the debt and everything. Well, here in a way is the government using their money to pay off your debt. You might not look at it that way, but I kind of see that as a, as a, a benefit. If you're complaining about your debt, but you're not happy that the, the $1,200 is used to wipe out the debt, then you are essentially saying, I don't want that government assistance to help me with my debt. But that's why the assistance is happening. Because they do want to wipe out debt. They want to help you wipe out debt. And I, maybe I shouldn't be justifying this, but I kind of get why they are doing um, this. Because... Debt collectors will continue to hound us. So, if we have debt, why would we not want the government, if they can, to help pay off some of it? Some of it. It is like debt forgiveness. In in a way, uh, maybe Mike Myers would agree. Maybe he would disagree. Uh, I don't. I don't exactly know, but I do know that he's going to be jumping on the line with me in just one minute here. Uh, hope he's doing well this morning. Let's check in with him. Let's see what's going on here. Hold on one second. And by the way, I hope your morning is going well. I hope you're feeling revved up about the day. I know sometimes there's 
not much to be revved up about when you're in the house and in quote-unquote four walls, but this only is uh, going to get better, you know? This only is going to get better. And we'll see if he answers. His phone is still ringing. Oh, he did answer. Hey, Mike. Yeah, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I, I am fired up, too. I was just reading people the passage that I sent you from Ernest Holmes. Uh, by the way, do you know much about him? I know he was um, I it was he was like a religious figure, and he talked about God often, a lot. And if you look at his Twitter, he does that, too. Do you know much about him? You mean he's still alive? No, no. The, the account is actually just rehashing his passages and quotes. It's pretty moving every morning, actually. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tremendous quote. Twenty four seven with him always, always mm. with us. <laughs> so, how are you doing this morning? How, what's going on? Did I catch you on the bathroom again, or you, you're you're clear to talk? <laughs> um, I'm good to go because I already went. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just talking about the stimulus. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you're feeling good. You sound energized. Although every morning you sound energized. Sometimes I wish I had your energy, actually. Oh, well, they call it mania, and they sometimes they lock you up if you got too much of it. So just be careful what you ask for. It's funny you mention that. Not that you're going there, but there are cases of delirium <laughs> thanks to COVID nineteen. Did you know that's starting to become like a medical diagnosis now? No way. Yep. Let me look it up on my oh. laptop here. But it's becoming a symptom. Well, not a symptom of corona, but it's yeah. becoming a symptom of being housed in for weeks. Well, I, I was in a, uh, somebody came over the other, well, actually a gal that's heading up this homeless fund we have here in Boone, and she came over with her husband, and I was going to reach through the window and shake his hand, and he just really was very standoffish. The dog licked my hand, but he, anyway, he, uh, he when I was talking to his wife, uh, later on the phone, I said, what was the deal with your husband? And he yelled, you've got the COVID, you got the COVID. Well, and I'm just reading now, actually, delirium is also a, a symptom. They say that there's an 80% ICU rate of delirium among the elderly that have been dealing with this, according to Johns Hopkins. Exactly, is delirium? Is that just being totally out of it? Well, they say, I guess, uh, hallucinations and then going crazy. It's just. Oh, I've been there. Oh, this sounds like a war story. When the ventilator comes off, the delirium comes out for many coronavirus survivors. Uh, when oh. The... oh my gosh, that's heavy. That's. I mean, you should do a podcast on this too. This is intense because if they have PTSD from this. That's going to be another layer to healing from coronavirus. I feel like we're in a war again. Oh, man, I got goosebumps on my goosebumps. Something I would have never even thought about. Well, because we don't, I guess, hear the, what happens after they recover, right? Kind of like, oh, great, you're out of the hospital. But then apparently it goes, so we, you know what? I'm not going to get everybody down on this. Let's just pray for them. Pray for the survivors that they don't have the PTSD factor of this. And if they do, 
let their family get them the treatment they need. Right, Mike? That's what it comes down to. Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. And I think uh, thinking of treatment, you know, treating others the way we want to be treated, and there's your treatment right there. Mm. So I just, it just, it just was something that I thought you might be interested in. And then I just was thinking deliriums also hit people who aren't even in the hospital. Like I, I sent you that link, a pregnant woman hijacking a van with another pregnant woman, woman in it. What is going on in this world, Michael? That is, it, you know, it, it's just, I don't know. We're here for such a time as this, I guess. And, you know, you were talking the other day about, you know, why would we, why would we be anxious? We have the Lord. We can rest in the Lord. That's kind of where you go. I've been there, done that. And then I realized how full of, I'm not saying you're full of you. I'm just saying how full of me I can be when I think, well, now that I know it's a sin, I won't do it anymore. Yeah, whatever. I know. It's uh, it's just like, how can we tell ourselves that, yes, we cannot be anxious? It's just, I guess that's human nature, right, to just be <laughs> anxious through all this. But a pregnant woman in, a, in I think, Atlanta stole a a news van yep. with another pregnant woman in it. I mean, this is, although I got to be honest, I kind of like those stories that pop up because at least we know there's some insanity that isn't COVID-19. At least we know some insanity outside the hospital is existing right now. So That's hilarious. At least we know it's not all COVID. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's kind of morbid, but it's just, that's, we have to have some craziness to, um, to discuss. Now another and I don't know, what are you talking about today on your show by the way? Oh, uh, non-essentials like men's nipples. Okay, uh, okay then. I did not expect that remark, but uh, go for it. I guess you asked. Yeah, I did ask. You asked. Uh, what spurred oh, this idea? I actually, it was a comic this morning that I saw uh, in the newspaper, Monty. I think I know that comic. Yeah, I, I, I don't read comics, but this morning, for some reason, I, uh, well, my wife got the newspaper yesterday to find out if we're going to continue to be paid through the end of the school year, and it looks like, thank you, Jesus, we are, um, and that's why I want to talk about non-essentials and who's, what's essential and what isn't, and who decides. I would. I think you'd agree with me that God has made us all essential. I mean, that's just kind of how I feel about it. But yes, exactly. And when somebody says, "Well, your job isn't essential. You're just a mother at home taking care of your kids." WTF? Yeah, right. You're right. What the heck? WWTH. I'm going to send you a friend of mine's TikTok that they did about being essential and how she's a mom of two and is cleaning out. And they're like, yeah, I'm essential. I don't care what the government says. It was, it was a great video, but it's true. Um, I just feel like the labeling of that is so uh, – it's just so misconstrued. Does that make sense? Like we're all essential. In fact, the reason why, Mike, we're supposed to stay in our homes is because we're essential. Because we're so essential we have to protect our lives. That's why we're staying in. Wow. That's a that's a neat way to look at that. It's, it's kind of like you know when people use the term in church, oh they're just a lay person. What? <laughs> a part? Pardon me? I mean I'm a, I'm a, I'm a part of the body. I'm a 
nose or a toe or a toenail or, you know, it's a, I'm essential. Try to live without a, you know, I was going to say something that wouldn't be appropriate, so I won't because I'm talking to you. Oh, say it. I said kick ass on your podcast. What are you going to say? I'm like... Well, the, the, uh, the, uh, the various sphincters, let's just put it that way, they're very important. Upper, lower esophageal sphincters and other sphincters. They are. No, that is a true statement. I mean, if one of us has something not right up here, we get food stuck. I mean, at least for me, that's the case. So every, every body part is very important. And by the way, when it happens for me, it is ugly. Um, I don't know if it's ugly for you, but it just uh, yeah. gets ugly. Well, I've had, I've had those uh, issues for years. I'll tell you a, a quick story. My upper esophageal sphincter, because my lower esophageal sphincter has issues, if I drink a lot of water or something and then I bend over, it's just like a gusher. I know that's gross. I hope nobody's eating breakfast, oatmeal, whatever. But um, And my wife is like, that's disgusting. You need to get that checked. Honey, there's nothing I can do. I just need to not bend over, I guess. I don't know. Jeez, or don't drink anything. Well, and that's the thing pop. with me. If I drink too late, the reflux comes out anyway. I mean, it's just, it's very tricky when you have a certain kind of thing with the esophagus. I think that's one of the trickiest parts to manage, to be honest with you, because you don't, you just don't, yeah. uh, you don't know. It, it could happen any moment. Like you're chewing food, all of a sudden doesn't go down. That's so, it's something that I should be used to, and I guess you could be as well, but it's just, we're not used to it because we think our esophagus is going to operate properly one day, you know? So. Oh, wow. And then if you have a, a an esophagus that's, is constricted and those muscles don't work the way they're supposed to. They actually have something they put in there called a dilator to stretch. Oh yes, I know all about the dilation. And have you had that? I've had that since I was yield. So I was born with an esophagus in two parts, actually, and they had to sew me oh, up to get sew me up together. My uh, surgeon at the time, Doctor Lee. Yeah. Yep. You know, so many of us think that we got that many times. I think I think we fall into the trap of thinking that, you know, my issues or 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 lack of issues are a lot worse than somebody else's. And then you hear what's going on with other people, and it's like, wow, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that person. Not that like not the prayer thing. Thank you, God, I'm not like that tax collector over there, or that president <laughs> over there, or that senator, or that Episcopalian, Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go to the Episcopal anyway. Church on St. John the Divine because that's been my home church for Easter okay. every year. But And so I kind of love that too. I'm on different faith waves with with every holiday. I go to St. Thomas Church in, on Christmas in Midtown Manhattan, Catholic. Go to St. John the Divine, Episcopalian, and have my Lutheran. So I'm a bit diverse when it comes yeah. to the different holidays, which is a good thing. But... Um, no, back to the esophagus, and I don't really talk about this because I feel like people want to hear what I have to say on the news, right? They don't want to care that I have food stuck almost every other day, but that's the oh, reality. No, 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 Alex. Mm -hmm. People want to know about your body parts. Because that is just reality I face. I mean, every day <laughs> there are two things I have to manage. Yeah. Not, well, 
the the fact that I can't have a lot of UTIs that is killer for me. And then urinary tracts. And then this um, esophagus yeah. thing is very. I mean, one thing gets eaten improperly the whole day could be figuring out how to get this out of my body. Can you imagine that? Yeah. The whole day. I can't imagine. Well, um, no, not the whole day. I, uh, I have some uh, pictures of, I had a little shelf. You know, this is where it's like, is this some old guy talking about all his weird problems? I had an extra stomach for a while. Please elaborate, because now I'm... Okay. I'm curious now, but... Well, I had a shelf, and it, 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 instead of food going down, you know, through my, 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 that, 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 that one sphincter thing into your stomach, it just kind of sort of got stuck on the side, and eventually that developed into a, like a, another stomach. It was about a fifth the size of, it was a great big diverticulum off the side of my esophagus. I got pictures. You want me to send them? Diverticulum. So wait, was it TV or what was it exactly? It was just a great big other kind of like a sack where food would go and then it would fester and it would get infected and I'd end up sick and, you know, I'm just a... By I the way, this <laughs> this reasoning of the weak, not weak esophagus, I don't want to consider our esophagus as weakened, but our unique esophagus, let's put it that way. Oh, it I like that. Is a reason why we cannot go out. See, I, I was going to fight this COVID. I was going to say, I'm going to just go to the city every day. And then when I saw cases spike, I thought to myself, and maybe you did too, hey, wait a minute, I've got an, I've got an upper respiratory that's very difficult. And if I catch this, it could be game over and I was like trying to do everything I can to prevent that from happening so staying home just felt like the right thing for me would you mind if I use that that term uh, unique esophagus is one of the chapters in my book from grass to grace let's do it I'd love it. sure sure my un my unique <laughs> esophagus Okay, can I tell oh you? Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you another story, and then you can share yours. I feel like we should just be swapping stories on this. Because, you know, maybe other people <laughs> we don't know are suffering through this, randomly listening and saying, hey, I've got this problem too. Exactly. I mean, it's not an uncommon thing. We might think it is because, like, who on a daily basis do you see choking in the middle of Broadway trying to get food down? Because, uh, you know, it's just kind of that thing. <laughs> or. It's not funny. It's not funny, but the picture is. Oh boy! Okay, you gotta oh, laugh. You gotta or, laugh. or at Arthur Ashe Stadium, uh, the tennis stadium in Queens. No, I I had don't been know about it. I had been invited to um to watch a friend play tennis in the U.S. Open. I knew one of the competitors, which is pretty cool. But that year, that summer, for about six weeks, I had something stuck. I couldn't. It was unbelievable. <gasps> and so on a hot summer day, because I had eight. <laughs> On a hot summer day, and if you've seen the Open, they have these big-ass tennis balls that they give the kids to walk around and get the guys to sign. So this kid, and I'm choking on an apple at the time, comes up to me in this 90-degree weather and says, Can you sign the ball? And I'm fainting nearly because I got this food stuck, and I sign it. But it was just, it was kind of funny because... 
A, I'm not a tennis player, and B, I have this thing stuck, and this kid with this big tennis ball wants me to sign in the middle of the nine degree weather, and I'm not feeling. It just was like curb your enthusiasm music. Uh, but no, the time. I was just going to say, Alex, it isn't laughter, it's just tremendous medicine. Yes. As God tells us in his, in his book. My stepdad, who's down, my stepdad who's downstairs once had a, <laughs> once was told to put me upside down and see if the food came out, and sure enough, it came out. So we've had different ways of doing wow. it. But I will recommend, if you do have serious health, you know what, I should get an esophagus person on to talk about this, because now I... I think it's a bigger problem than uh, we are making it. You know, I think it's probably a nationwide problem that's not talked about as much. Because um, there is a gastro department for a reason, right? So I'm guessing people might want to hear from a gastro. Anyway, um, I would say take oil and hot water and tea. That helps me clear it out sometimes. If I have something to say. You know, this is... It's really fascinating because... You talking about your chest pain that you had? Yeah. And then yep. um, I talked a little bit, I think I talked about that on my podcast and how I get these esophageal spasms and they hurt. Like if I didn't know how to get rid of them, I would pass out from the pain. Yep. And then another guy who listens to the show had said that he had the same issue and what helps him <laughs> is to put pressure on that area. It's kind of like standing up if you got a Charlie horse mm. to get rid of it. But if you don't know for sure if it's a spasm or if it's a heart attack, and that's what I've been dealing with since 1990. Oh, the first one was when I was in high school. Anxiety brought on this. I didn't study for this test, and I, I had this serious chest pain, and they took me to the I was probably 15 or 16. Took me to the emergency room thinking I was having a heart attack. They didn't find anything wrong with me. Mike, can you imagine that now? If You know, when you get it and then you see COVID in the news, it brings another level of like, what is this? You know, you don't know anymore. That's the scary part. You know what's interesting, though? I have to tell you that it doesn't. Things just don't freak me out like they used to. Mm. I'm not saying I'm not aware of them, but it's... it's uh, I, it's just nice to know your own, get to know your body. Oh, yeah. Yep. But I mean, really, you know, I really enjoy our conversations. They're just real. You know what I mean? Well, and you bring it out of me because I never talk about, well, that's not, that's not true. I've actually, I think I told you it off the air. I've said about, you know, I've had some kidney things at times and I've this, that, and I'd have a radio listener at the radio show station I produced for say, oh, I listened to your pod and. I'm praying for you. I'm like, is this really impacting people enough to pray? Like, that's amazing. So I guess people do appreciate when I just open up and say, hey, something's not right here. Let's talk about it. Um, because I'm not well, usually that kind of person. I'm more like, hey, there's something happening. We can get through this. But like yet two days ago, it knocked me out for a whole morning. Like, that was not usual for me these days. Well, maybe it's a case where we think too much about stuff and it's like nobody wants to hear about whatever and actually I think people do want to hear it's just are we willing to make ourselves vulnerable to the point where people get it 
we're so guarded, don't you think? Many times we're yeah. very guarded, and sometimes for, for a good reason, but um, I'm looking at my Facebook page here, and there's a gal that came over one day, and she wanted to talk to me about some stuff, and, and after, uh, at one point she said, I'm exhausted, and I said, really, are you okay? She said, well, I came over here to talk to you, and you won't shut up. <laughs> Uh, that's somebody that, but that's somebody who cares she cared enough to tell me I wasn't listening mm. and I really appreciate the fact that she did that now have that has that perspective have you changed has things changed now for you like do you feel like you're more conscious of how you are in conversation I I I like to think so but then I start running off of the mouth I have diarrhea of the mouth at the, at the breakfast I mean, there's times when I'm talking to my wife, and it's like, should I just shut up now? She said, no. Hmm. Well, maybe she really means yes, but she's just being polite. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, my girlfriend always uh, says I like to hear – actually, a lot of people say I like to hear my own voice. That's why I do this whole podcasting thing. I don't think that's true, but maybe it is. Who knows? Can I interject on that? Because I listened to a, a friend's show of mine this morning. Who said that about somebody said it's it's it helps them to do their their podcast. That doesn't mean they just like to hear themselves. I love it when people call in and or somebody takes over the entire show. I'm hoping that this Miles McKee from Spain takes over every Sunday. I would be thrilled with that. Well that I know, and I think people want to hear from guests. That's the whole point. Like we're not it's not that we want to hear ourselves. It's just that sometimes the guests can't make it for a certain day, and we have to just go. You know, when you commit it to a daily thing, it's going to happen one guest way or another. It's just got to be like that. That's kind of how I'm viewing it nowadays. Well, and when you do, you know, I've, I've been doing it. This is, this is kind of like uh, self-talk therapy. Huh. How you doing, Mike? Oh, pretty good. Well, actually, you know what? Haven't had a good BM for a few days, but, uh, oh, that's too bad. Did you try some fiber? Okay. I'm sorry, that's just weird. You're reminding me of Woody Allen in Bananas where he's jumping all on the back and forth between the witness chair and the questioner, and he's asking himself all these questions. Self-talk. Thank you for bringing that. I, thank you for bringing that up, though, because I I want to watch this now. I, there's a, I, it sounds like a great... When you find out that other people are just kind of like, you know, kind of, kind of crazy like you are, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A, not that I'm anything special, but I am essential. Damn it! Yeah. I mean, darn it! Yeah, sorry. we all. Sorry. One okay. One more story. I want to make you laugh a little bit because this story only I probably could come up with. So one, and it deals with the esophagus. I mean, this was probably one of the fav- my favorite moments in my life. The food gets stuck. It got stuck on a Friday or... Was it the Friday I was eating steak? Yeah, well, one of those days. Anyway, um, food hadn't come out yet. So I did the brilliant idea of putting my shower head down my throat into the esophagus, putting all the pressure in there, and the food went down, Michael. And I said, it's gone in the shower. And everybody was like, what happened? I said, I just put the shower head in there and... You know, who needs oh a medical bill God. when I just have the shower head to, uh, to fix me up? Well, it's kind of like doing a, a colon massage. Exactly. Well, yeah, I well, guess so. I don't know if it's that, but you need, that's a great story. I don't think I'll try it. 
but that's a great story. You did what you needed to do to get down what needed to get down. And the most crazy thing is when these things happen, I just feel my esophagus expand, and it's like, whoa, that was kind of a big movement there. It's just like, <laughs> like a, a gaping hole starts to go through, and you feel everything. It's that's just my experience. Anyway, esophageal prairie dogging. <laughs> well, Michael, I don't want to let you get late for the pod for your live pod, so I will let you go. Uh, but this was. This was awesome, and we need to have more conversations like this. And you know what? Maybe I should have a gastro on. Maybe you should have a gastro on. Inspire. It's really, you know, yeah. it's about inspiring people to take care of themselves more than anything. Because if they listen to us and say, hey, we're having issues. This is why I love everybody working from home with the anchors on TV. Because they're showing people they're not invincible either. They're saying, no, we understand we could catch it. Look at Chris Cuomo. He's got it. Now his wife has it. And they're not saying, oh, we're we're above you because we're on TV. We're on radio. We're on a podcast. They're saying, no, we have the same system as you. And when people see that level, I think there's more appreciation um, for who we see on TV. Um, you, I, you, well, yes, I had a thought and I lost it, which is probably best for all of us. <laughs> Alright, Michael, well, I'll let you get going and I'm going to wrap up here and we will see you tomorrow. Hey, thanks, man. I really appreciate I'm loving this. I am loving this every morning. And I am too. I'm feeling like I'm up. I'm ready to go. And I tell you, before this, I was never up before 8. So thank you for inspiring me to get up at about 8 and do this. And by the way, my interview, I mistook the time because I didn't specify Central or Eastern, and so I have an interview at 9. I'm going to record that, and after your show is done at about 10 o'clock, I'm going to launch the interview. So he didn't come on this hour, but he will come on uh, in the next, in the 10 a.m. hour right after you. So. Well, you popped up right here live now, keeping it real with Alex, what's your last name? Garrett, Alex Garrett. <laughs> That's it. All right, Michael, thank you. Right. And uh, everybody listening out there, we will talk to you again at 10. Uh, for my interview with David Salzberg, who's actually doing something amazing for sportscasters that are not working. We'll talk about it at 10 a.m. Thank you, sir.